So it seems to be busy enough in the evenings for you and Ivan having two small kids. Is it just as hectic in the mornings? When it comes to a typical morning, we we wake up early. We do a three-minute hand wash is what we call it. It's a surgical hand wash that you see them do on the TV. So you're scrubbing your fingers, you're scrubbing your fingernails, you're literally washing up to the elbow. We clean down his catheter, which is the tube in his tummy, and then we disconnect him. And there's a moment, we kind of call it our our bomb disposal moment because there's a moment when you take the when you disconnect him from the machine and you're putting a cap onto the catheter or the tench cough as it's actually called that if something happens if you drop the wrong lead if you drop the tube that's connected to him instead of the tube that what that's connected to the machine if you drop one of those I mean it's it's a straight shoot a straight into Crumlin because if 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 there's any kind of contamination of this tube it means that his tummy, you know, he could get a, a thing called peritonitis in his tummy and then it makes this sort of dialysis very, very difficult. Okay. Okay. So we're in Sam's room now. Can you describe what everything is to me? I've tried to keep it kind of as kid-friendly as possible. Um, so all his dressings, all of that sort of stuff is there. But it, we have it in the little multicoloured cabinet there. This is the actual machine itself. So this is the bag of fluid that goes in and out to him. I'm not going to it's touch it. Quite a big it. bag of fluid. Does, does That's that five litres. Yeah. 450 millilitres goes into him in each cycle. So in the morning time, this little bag at the floor, or on the, on the shelf here, will be full of fluid. So Sam undergoes dialysis at night. And I suppose, how do you prepare for that? So you start off, you have to clean down the room. You have to sterilise the room. Uh, so you you make sure all the windows and doors are shut. You clean the whole room with the alcohol wipes. Um, you clean the machine with the alcohol wipes, and then you just prep 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 it all. Every night we use a five liter bag of fluid, and we need to use disposable tubing and a disposable waste bag as well. And so that takes a little bit of time to set it all up. And then once that's done, they come upstairs and. We'll change dressings. Um, some nights we have to change the the dressing on his feeding tube and and his and his PD catheter, um, and that takes time. Ivan has to hold him down. It's this. It's a non-touch technique. So what you're doing is, again, you're doing this wash from from your fingertips to your elbow, um, but you're using these. You know, you're dropping all of the sterile gauze onto the sterile drape. Like it's really stuff that you kind of see, you think you only see in the movies or you see it in an operating theatre. And so, does Sam, I suppose, know? No. Does he ever kind of react to it at all? No, he's gotten to be. Uh, we think he started his terrible too in the last couple of days uh, but no he doesn't he just this is his life since he was four and a half months old so it doesn't really feel any different to him and indeed for Ali she doesn't know any different either because when her baby brother was born he was sick and she's always she's used to going in and out of Crumlin with us she's used to the whole process she sort of she you know she, in her own little way she helps us but we have to keep the doors shut when we're doing the dressings. And we always give her the option of whether she wants to be in or out, you know, in the room with us. And oftentimes she'll just say, no, I'll be out. And she'll play in her room on her own. And was it hard to explain that to her? Like, obviously you knew Sam was going to be ill when you were pregnant. Was it hard to explain that to well, her? Well, we didn't know he was going to survive. So the, the so, and a lot of my friends were having their 
second babies around the time and a lot of her little friends and they were all getting excited about the babies and we just told her that we didn't know if our baby was going to come home with us. We were honest with her. She knew there was something up with us. She knew by our temperaments and so on. Where does it go from there for getting a donor? The, the, his nephrologist, Dr. Reardon in Crumlin, is very happy with him. He thinks he's a great fella. He's a great grower. He's developing all along the same, the normal way that you would expect him to. What he told us at our most recent appointment in November is that he really thinks that a good year, we're a good year away from transplant. Now, what we want is we want Sam to be reasonably tall enough or his, at the very least his torso to be reasonably large enough that it can take a full kidney. You don't want to be squishing the kidney in there to the detriment of other organs. And the likelihood is, is that it's going to be an adult kidney, um, whether it's mine or Ivan's or somebody else close to us in the family. We haven't been tested and we haven't gone there yet. What we've agreed with our nephrologist, Dr. Reardon, is that at that point, we will start testing ourselves and our immediate family whilst in tandem we're sitting on the list waiting for a deceased donor and if a deceased donor doesn't arise then hopefully we'll be able to to take a living donor from one of us but I struggle with the thoughts of a deceased donor I do and I don't think it's an easy decision for a family to make at a time of intense grief and I'm so grateful to anybody who would even consider donating their organs I just there's a part of me that feels very sad about you know waiting by the phone knowing that someone else is getting the complete opposite phone call to what I'm getting I'll be told your son has life and somebody else will be told your your kid or your husband or whoever has has died Go. Hey, Mama. Look at how you're